0: The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the house together, didn't know just what to think. Some began to mock and said they've had too much to drink. Peter said these men are not drunk, as she supposed. He come is the preaching and the wheel begin to flow. They call our pain in bed what shall we do? Baptized every one of you. Spoken about the puppet joe Oh see that spoken by the puppet joe oh, oh, I have that I. The in the last days, my spirit said Lord, Hey, it's been two thousand years and the wind still blowing. Still falling, and the well still flowing. The promise hasn't ended. You can't dispute the facts. The fire's still burning, just like the Book of Acts. He fills you with the Spirit, you will speak with them other tongues. That's still the way that the Holy Ghost comes. I, 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 I. This is it. spoken by the prophet oh. This is it. spoken by the prophet yo. Oh, oh, oh.
2: Good evening, everyone. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Glad you're listening. Thank you for listening. I'm honored that you listen to the Tell It Like It Is radio program. We come on every Sunday night, 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time, broadcasting live from Dickinson, North Dakota, Dakota, Dickinson, North Dakota, the studios of KDIX. It's an AM station right here in downtown Dickinson. We are also being picked up on their website, kdix.net. And we are also hopefully being picked up by Holy Ghost Radio Channel Two. And if you get on, if you get the Holy Ghost Radio app, you can listen to the all the uh, or many of the past podcasts of this program. If you would be interested in that, we had a great church service today, and uh, just exciting what God is doing at the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. We have a, a beautiful building we've had for about two and a half years that we just we outgrew our old building, and now uh, this building is just, um, we are just so amazed what God did for us. We bought, we purchased the top portion of the Elks building, and uh, in January of 2018, we closed on that. We remodeled it in six weeks into a church. The uh, sanctuary has the capacity for around 500 people, and um we've got a great, huge fellowship hall, room for Sunday school classes. Uh, we've What we've got going right now is we've got a children's church every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock while the adults are having adult Bible classes. And then at 11 o'clock, we come into the sanctuary for our worship service. Got a lot of people texting me tonight already, so these must be faithful listeners because I haven't even given out the number yet. But you can text me, 701-290-7862. We've got, um, let's see, who do we have all listening here? I think, who who, who was the first person to text me tonight? Let me see who that was. It would have been uh, Brother Rose texted me from Kentucky. He was the first one. Texted me about, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes before the program started. We've got Brother Shuler, Pastor Shuler in Grafton. We're going to be going to his camp meeting here in a few days. We've got uh, Dave and Lauren Shart listening, these are good friends of mine from Fargo, North Dakota, listening, Dave and I, I used to call him one-armed Dave uh, years ago on the radio program until I learned his last name, <laughs> that's how I remembered you Dave, one-armed Dave, and uh, there's kind of a story to that arm, but he is um, a friend of mine from Fargo, we've got Carl and Jeannie listening tonight from Michigan, these are good friends of mine uh, listening tonight, we've got a uh, uh, Sydney listening tonight down in, w- in Wishick, i believe sydney's at, at and she t- texted me and she said she's getting baptized um when are you getting baptized sydney's getting baptized uh next sunday baptized in jesus name that's exciting sydney glad to hear that we've got brother johnson listening on the edge of his seat in duluth i hope it's that good that you, i can keep you on the edge of your seat we've got um Casey and Jackson listening in South Art tonight. Missed you guys in church today. I, I didn't see you there. The um, But I'm glad you're listening tonight. We've got the Willis family tuned in. And Marius is over there. Marius and his fancy haircut. Um, boy, he went to a barber in town and changed him into a pretty nice-looking young man. Let's see, who else do we have here? Tim listening in North Carolina. Brother Griffith listening in Great Falls. Um, we've got, let's see, we've got Shane in listening tonight in Missoula and we've got Trish and Wanda listening in Missoula tonight. Great. Good to have them listening. We've got, uh, we've got brother Jones listening and we've got, uh, brother Belgard. Um, so I think this is brother Belgard listening. Praise him brother deal. I'm not sure what that means. All right, well, you can text me tonight. I'm I'm just kind of losing my place here. 701-290-7862, 701-290-7862. We're living in very interesting times, of course. As many of you know, the uh, riots that are going on, this flu virus that is scaring everybody half to death. We've got um, just uh, really uh, a lot of turmoil in this world. That's going on. I believe that uh, we are, these are events that are very possibly ushering in the last days that the Bible teaches, and it is time for all of us to be right with God, to get right with God, to stay right with God. Tonight I want to speak about something that I spoke about in our church service today, and I have a little more, maybe some more time to uh, expound on some things that I had to breeze through in church. But we, I want to talk about this concept of dethroning God. You know the the um, there was a man named Karl Marx that lived in the eighteen hundreds, and Karl Marx. One of his quotes: He said, "My ob- my ob- object in life is to dethrone God and destroy capitalism." He felt like Karl Marx felt like the church and the family unit presented obstacles to the utopia that Marx imagined that his uh, philosophy would bring to this world. Uh, Marx er, was one that had coined the phrase, uh, he called religion the opium of the people. I think later they said religion was the opiate of the masses. He uh, was an atheist, and he believed that religion just deadened people to their pain. Like, he he felt like, just like opium, that religion made people feel better about being miserable, but didn't help their condition. And, and, of course, he was an atheist, and he felt that religion didn't fix people's pain and suffering, but it helped them to forget why they are suffering and get them to look forward to what he felt like was an imaginary future. And um, And, of course, I'm not... Never have been political on this program, but Marxism, communism, socialism are really all very, very similar in some ways. These have never, uh, have never presented or performed or brought forth any type of utopic, uh, culture. But everywhere that they've been practiced, there have been, uh, wars, violence, famines, uh, poverty, extreme. You know this. Uh, what's going on right now in Red China? The people of Red China, you know, there again are people um, that are, you know, certainly uh, worthy of our prayer and want to help. But their government of Red China is a is a terrible, terrible government, and they are oppressing their people. You know, um, and so Marxist theories, I would say, are the basis, of course, for Marxism communism socialism humanism uh and they've never ever brought about any type of utopia now one of the, one of marx's friends his name was frederick engels he 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 was quoted as saying this men must first of all eat drink have shelter and clothing before they can pursue politics science art religion and the like and so he felt like the most important things were food, shelter, and clothing. And after that, then people could pursue, you know, other things like politics, science, art, religion. Now, this is just the opposite of what Jesus said in Matthew 6.31. Jesus said the most important things are the things of God, not the things of this world. Now, you may disagree with that, and it seems like that it would be something that, I mean, like, what good is it to um, try to present the gospel to somebody if they're starving to death, right? But what Jesus' point was is you could die of starvation but live forever in, the, in, in heaven. And so that's why he said, take no thought of or saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what, wherewith shall we, we be clothed? He said everybody thinks about those things, but he said your heavenly Father knows you need those things. But Jesus said, Seek ye first, not food, not shelter, not clothing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so we see that Jesus' teaching were in direct contradiction to Marxism. But tonight, what I'm going to talk about on this radio show, and I did bring my guitar in here, I'm planning on doing some singing. My voice sounds a little raspy, so my singing might sound like a washing machine falling down a flight of steps or something like that. But I'll give it a whirl anyway. But my speaking tonight is that Karl Marx's goal in life was to dethrone God and the Bible. And there are arrogant people out there and intellectual people out there that have tried to dethrone the God of the Bible and enthrone a God made up of current opinions of of entertainment and sports figures and they have tried to make these so-called experts be the uh you know be the go-to for the 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 great issues of life Isaiah 59:14 said truth is fallen in the street and tonight I want you to know that it has, but we're fighting hard to let people know there is only one that sits upon the throne, and his name is Jesus. Text me tonight, 701 290
3: Keep on the de devil. You shut it up. Keep the de devil in the night. Shut it up. Keep on the de devil. You light the de candle, everything's all right. Light the candle, everything's all right. Oh, when I was a baby child. Shut it up. Keep out the de devil. Good and bad was just a game. Shut it up. Keep the
4: de devil in the night.
3: Many years and many trials. Shut it up. Keep out de-double. De-double. the devil. They put you in. Shut the door. Keep the devil in the night. Shut the
5: door. Keep out the devil. Shut the door. Keep the devil in the night. Shut the door. Keep out the devil. Light the candle. Everything's alright. Light the candle. Everything's alright. Oh, Ten is an evil charmer. Shut dido,
3: keep out the devil. He's hungry for a soul to hurt. Shut dido, keep the devil in the night. And without your holy armor, shut dido, keep out the devil. He will eat you for dessert. Shut dido, keep the devil in the night. Shut dido, dido, keep out the devil. Shut dido, keep the devil in the night. Shut dido, keep, keep, keep out the devil.
0: never light the candle,
3: everything's alright. We light the candle, everything's
1: (laughs) alright. Hit, hit, hit. shut the door. Hit, hit, hit. shut the door. Hit, hit. You can shut the door. door.
3: door. Say, okay, we won't be back no more used to sing this song Shut the door, keep out the devil
5: Oh Papa used to sing it too
3: Shut the door, keep the devil in the night
5: Jesus called and took him home Shut the door. Keep up the devil. And I sing the song for you.
3: Shut the Keep the devil in the night. Shut the door. The the devil. Keep the devil in the night. Shut the Keep Light the candle, everything's alright. Light the candle, everything's alright. Shut the devil. in the night. Shut the the night. Candle everything's, right. candle everything's all right light the
2: candle everything's all right light the candle everything's all right light the candle everything's all right pastor bob tell i like it is radio show got a text saying that that uh the radio program shut off did it shut off on anybody else out there um i'm not sure what what's going on We're talking about the effort to dethrone God tonight. Again, I'm Pastor Bob Simons, New Life Pentecostal Church, Dickinson, North Dakota. Coming to you live tonight. This is July twenty sixth, 2020. So if you're listening to it on this date, it's live. Otherwise, it'll be on a podcast on Holy Ghost Radio. I left out by saying there's only one on the throne. And I want you to know if it's not, the God of the Bible. If it's just your opinion or the opinion of the culture of this world, uh, we will be in for a very rude awakening. Revelation 20 and verse 11 says, I saw a great white throne in him, just there was one, that was Jesus, that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. There's only one that's seated on the throne, and ultimately he will be the one that judges us. That's why it's important to judge ourselves now and even be judged by others that know the truth now. I don't want to digress into this, but these people say, don't judge me. I'm like, no, do judge me. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to find out on judgment day. I didn't make it. I want to know now. Oh, hey, Justin's here. I've been wondering where you were. I shouldn't do this on the radio, but, um, uh, you're in Kansas. What are you doing down there? Didn't even know about this. Good to have you. I'm good to hear from you, Justin. Good to hear from you. Um, Isaiah 45, part of that verse says, Woe is him that striveth with his maker. And so we, you know, uh, Romans 1, let me just read some of this. Romans one twenty says, The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Nature itself teaches us there's a God. It does. Um, you know, th- anything that has order cannot come out of chaos. It can't. You know, the the this idea that it's scientific not to believe in God, I'm going to use a Hebrew word that I use occasionally, hogwash. That That is not possible. There isn't anything else that works that way. The second law of thermodynamics teaches us that. Any of the laws of physics teach us that. And so... The nature itself teaches us and shows us that there's a creator, and we're without excuse. Verse 21 of Romans 1 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And in verse 25 it says, They worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. And so my question tonight to you is who sits on the throne of your life? Karl Marx wanted to dethrone God. Who's sitting on your throne in your life? You know, uh, this, this question this evening could be answered in three different ways that I can think of. We could have this, the opinion of this world sitting on the throne of our life. We could have the God of the Bible sitting on the throne of our life. Or we could have ourselves sitting on the throne of our life. You know, this, this, um, this world is kind of like it says in the book of Judges. Every man was doing right. In his own eyes. Science, or so-called science, has tried to disprove the creation of the universe. And in doing this, even though, they, in my opinion, they haven't even come close to doing it, in doing this, they have hurt the faith of some people. Because some people think it's unscientific to believe in a creation. A God that spoke the universe into existence. But I'm telling you, we are without excuse. Intelligence screams at us that there's a God. And this God, the creator of the universe, we need to have him on the throne of our life. I did threaten you that I brought my guitar in the studio, so we'll try it here. I believe that William Shakespeare lived Though we never met Cause when I was 17 I read No I didn't, I somehow I got out of reading that book In high school, I don't know how Romeo and Juliet huh. And I believe there was a man Whose name was Michelangelo Because he left his mark in a chapel in the heart of Rome Every mountain, every valley Your creation, it surrounds me Every breath I breathe, every heartbeat Every sunrise that you give to me These and so much more Tell a story we cannot ignore The evidence of God The evidence of God As the potter shapes his clay He leaves evidence And our Father does the same His creation is evidence How we can believe in a God We cannot see, hear or touch If we will open our eyes We will see His work all around us Every mountain, every valley Your creation, it surrounds me Every breath I breathe, every heartbeat Every sunrise that you give to me Every blue sky, every starry night Paint a picture that we can't deny Like a warm rain in the summertime Like the first steps or a baby's cry These and so much more Tell a story we cannot ignore These and so much more Tell a story we cannot ignore The evidence of God, the evidence of God, the evidence of God. Who are you going to put on the throne of your life? Pastor Bob here, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Karl Marx wanted to dethrone God, and tonight I want to enthrone God. Oh boy, now that's the problem with bringing my guitar in the studio. I can't read my text. Got all kinds of stuff coming here. Um... Coming in here. what Somebody said Karl Marx wrote a poem. Do I want to read it? The, um, um, yeah, that's sad. You know, um, we've got a, uh, we've got a world that is trying to either look to, to the God of human ideas or more prevalent as they've placed themselves as the God of their life. And so I want to talk about tonight, how do we enthrone the God of the Bible to be our king? That's my question. How do we make the God of the Bible our king? The one that sits upon our throne. Now, he's sitting on a throne. Doesn't matter if you got him on your throne or not. He's still king. He's still God. But, oh, I want to say hello to Sister Brett's tonight. She's listening. Maren and Yvonne are listening. Um, and uh, good to have them listening tonight. We just, a um, bunch of people here are texting me. That's cool. Uh, sometimes it just makes me feel so good that you would listen to this show. How do we enthrone God in our lives? It's more than just a, having a bumper sticker on your car. Jesus is Lord or a lapel pin on your suit coat, Jesus is Lord. But I believe that the way that we enthrone God on our lives can be found simply in Acts chapter 9, verses 5 and 6, where we we read the story of the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. He was persecuting Christians. He had letters in his hand going to Damascus to arrest and um, try to persuade these Christians that it was false. On the way to Damascus, Paul was blinded. He was struck down on the Damascus road by Jesus himself. And while, this, while Paul was laying in the ground blind he by this blinding light that had blinded him, he asked two questions. And I think in, in, in these two questions that Paul asked, in or Saul of Tarsus asked in Acts 9, he became Paul, the Apostle Paul. Within these two questions are the answer to how we enthrone God in our life. The first question he asked is, who art thou, Lord? And the second question he asked is, what will thou have me to do? And that second question, Jesus didn't tell him what to do. He said, there's a preacher in Damascus you need to go see. That's the way God still works, by the way. If you're waiting for him to send you an angel to tell you how to be saved, he may send you an angel to tell you to find somebody that knows how to be saved. But in the Bible, God used people to reach people. That's why we're on the radio tonight, because I could pray that an angel would reach you. And I do pray, but I also pray that uh, you would listen to, uh, to somebody preaching this Acts 238 message. So number one, we've got to seek seek him. We've got to seek to know him. Paul said, who art thou, Lord? You know, um, this, this concept, you, you've got to want to know God to find him. There are people out there, I've met them, I've talked to them. They, they'll say things like, well, God never showed me he was real. But see, you're missing the boat here, you guys. If you want to find God, you need to start asking God to show himself to you. And he will. You know, will, being ignorantly, or willingly, I should say, ignorant, is not going to be an excuse to God. You know, this... Uh, this. Um, this idea that, that, uh, somehow God will make himself known to you if you're not interested in finding him, that's not true. All through the Bible, <coughs> you're gonna find that we have to seek God to find him. Way back in the book of Chronicles, there was a prophet that came to the king, to King Asa, one of my favorite portions of scripture, and he told King Asa, he said, if you seek him, he'll be found of you. You're going to find him if you seek him, he told King Asa. If you forsake him, he'll forsake you. So number one, how do we enthrone God in our lives? We've got to be interested in finding God. That's why I really am preaching to people on the radio for the most part that have passed that test. Why in the world would you listen to this program if you weren't interested in in finding God? Why wouldn't you be watching a baseball game or something? Yeah, there's only one, I mean, I've got to believe that the vast majority, now there are people that listen to this program just because, you know, over the years they didn't agree with me and they wanted to see what outlandish thing I was going to say next. But even those people, I think, are somewhat interested in truth. And I'm going to say that the vast majority of this audience tonight is interested in knowing who Jesus is. That's why you're listening to this program. I can't think of any other reason you would. I really believe that you are. And so number one, I think you've passed this. Number two may get a little more difficult. How do we enthrone God in our lives? Number two, we enthrone God in our lives by seeking his will in our life. That's how we do it. You know, this, this um, <clears throat> what does God think about, or what does God want me to do? That's what the Apostle Paul, or Saul of Tarsus, said, what wilt thou have me to do? And he, when he asked, "Who you? who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus. The Bible said Paul was really troubled by that, because he was a Jew. And he didn't expect that answer. But he asked him, what wilt thou have me to do? And Jesus said, go to Damascus, and it will be told what to do. To enthrone God in our life, we have to find out what his will for our life is. And it isn't really very mysterious. It's not really that hard. The will of God, the God of the Bible in your life, is very easy to figure out. See, there are people that are are confused. They're always saying I'm confused. I just don't know what God wants me to do. I, I just don't know. And that's a lot of that's just an excuse. A, a grade school person that can read the Bible can figure out what God wants them to do. And I'm going to say specifically, um, you know, for clarity, read the New Testament. The Old Testament's very important. I believe in it with all my heart. But but the New Testament, you know, like I brought it up in church today. For instance, morality. It's not hard to know what God wants you to do. If you're married, make your marriage work. Do everything you can. Change yourself. You can't change the other person, but become the best husband or wife you can be. That's the will of God. You know, don't be looking for Sexual relations outside of your marriage. That's the will of God. Stay away from pornography. That's the will of God. You know, I mean, if you're a single person, you can't have sex with somebody till you're married. That's the will of God. You know, I mean, I said it in church today occasionally, and I know I shouldn't have admitted it there and I shouldn't admit it here, but occasionally as a pastor, you kind of get your feelings hurt. And you shouldn't i mean it's 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 childish, but you kind of do when you hear people talking about how great a preacher so and so is and so and so is and so and so is uh we we've got in our church we've got a lot of people that like brother Larry Booker's preaching, which I happen to like his preaching a lot too and uh and you know he does he's i mean it's fun to listen to his preaching I enjoy it, but you know what really I'm not like um sensitive in some ways i'm not like getting my feelings hurt because people think he's a great preacher because i know that when i preach the word of god and just simply tell you what it says that i know it doesn't matter to me if 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 lightning a lightning or a thunderbolt happened to clap right when i made my point like for instance uh if you're married you need to stay married I mean, you could bring up some kind of a strange situation, I'm sure. Uh, For instance, you husbands need to love your wife as Jesus loved the church. That's the Bible. Don't be mean to them. Don't talk mean to them. And wives, uh, you you need to honor your husbands. That's what the Bible says. So why am I saying all that? Well, the reason I'm saying that is because if you want to enthrone God on your life, You need to find out what he wants and start doing it, and it's not complicated. Quit your drinking. Quit your drug usage. Quit listening to that crummy music that you listen to. You say, well, where's that in the Bible? It's all over the Bible. You know, when I was growing up, uh, especially when I got a little older, starting like in ninth grade, I started to listen to terrible music i mean the lyrics were terrible and um you know it was the music of my day kind of i mean i was listening to the beatles and the rolling stones and and uh, led zeppelin and jethro tull and david bowie and all these people and their lyrics were reprehensible they were terrible they were awful they were immoral they they talked of violence and and terrible things. Not not every song. But you see if I was praying, God, should I start listening to the Eagles again? It's not a mystery, it's not complicated what God would tell me, uh brother Johnson. I think you used to listen to that kind of music too. You know, like for instance pornography you don't have to pray about whether you should look at that or, or not. The will of God is very simple. So to enthrone God in our life, we have to start doing what God says. If you want him to be the king, if you're going to call him Lord, he's got the right to say no. I heard heard a preacher preach that years ago, Philip Philip White. Phil White preached that. He was preaching in a North Dakota youth camp. Oh, man, 30 37, 38 years. Are you listening, Brother White? Are you still alive? (laughs) Brother White's still alive. He he lived out in California. I know that. And he preached a message. If you're going to call him Lord, he's got the right to say no. I wrote a song with that line in it. I was impacted. You see, I don't want to just take up my whole program just making this point, but to enthrone God in our life, we've got to do what he says. And to dethrone God in our life, you don't have to be a Karl Marx. You just need to put yourself and your opinion on the throne. That's how you take God off the throne. By putting yourself on the throne. Well, you know what? I'm talking and talking and talking. I should I should play a song. Here, you know, I want to play a song. This is like one of my favorite songs, and I sing it a lot too, but listen to the words of this song. I, I love this song. It's called Divine design and spy guy named Dana Key.
3: What keeps this tiny planet moving around the sun each day? Who makes the evening sky into a shrine? You've known it from the start Cause it's written in your heart This clock is running by divine design What keeps the seasons changing As the winter turns to spring? Who made the plan to bring this rock to life? school, cause from Einstein to fool, you know that it is by divine design. Tell me you believe it's made and not a master plan, tell me I'm an exorcist with eyes and feet and hands, I'll tell you one more time, I know this world is by divine design. That you'll have to sacrifice Would evolution start A world that's filled with art You know that it is by divine design Tell me you believe it's fate And not a master plan Tell me I'm of good with eyes and feet and hands one more time I know this world is by divine design.
2: To tell it like it is radio show This world was made by Divine design I believe that And uh, if you don't believe that (laughs) I don't know what to tell you But uh, you're not very scientific Was that insulting? It's true though I mean, come on you guys Where's my scientists out there That believe that this world Just happened by some big bang Without a creator Tell me that's scientific I mean,
0: you know uh,
2: You know, I, I don't I'm just telling you, there's nothing else that we believe can happen that way. And this is a pretty complex universe. The Tell It Like It Is show is sponsored by the New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive. Our next service will be Wednesday night at 7.30. I think I'm speaking, yours truly. We've been having a lot of special speakers lately, and I had some really good preachers in church today, and I didn't call on any of them to preach, and, uh... I I really do kind of feel bad about it, but I, I just, <laughs> as the pastor, I thought I probably should speak once in a while. I got preachers listening to me tonight. We've got Brother Belgard, pastor in Dunseith. We got the, um, uh, uh, Seth Springer, the Bible theologian from Bowman listening. Brother Von Pearson and his w- wife Wendy are listening. These are really good people. Wendy, or brother and sister Pearson, just really good people. Um, the, um, we've got, let's see, what other pastors do I have listening tonight? I thought I, thought I saw another one in there, maybe. I, other ministers, I've got other ministers listening here tonight. Brother Shuler, that's right, he's listening. So good to have you on the air with us. We're talking about enthroning God in our life. Let me add this to seeking God's will for your life. Also, why don't we just try it for more than one Sunday afternoon at a time? To really enthrone God, I think we need to have some consistency in our life. I think a lot of failure comes when people make starts with God and keep quitting. Now I'm I'm for you. I want to help you, and I I'm not saying that if you quit that I'm I don't want you to you know keep trying. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're going to make a start with God, I mean let's let's put a little uh let's put a little uh, resolve into this. Let's let's make up our mind. This is what we're going to do. It's not always easy to do what's right. Like my good friend uh, Wes used to say, any old dead fish can float on downstream. But if you're going to you know, if you're going to go upstream, you're going to have to put a little effort into it. And so this is the way that we enthrone God in our life. We find out who he is, we seek after him, we find out what his will is, and then we live it. That's how we do it. And like I say, you can get fancy, you can say it better. You know, I'm um, you know i not the best preacher of the gospel, but I promise you I got the best gospel to preach. I, I do. I, I have it. And there's a confidence that I have knowing that this horse sense spiritual preaching, well, I got it from my pastor, David Walters. He was like that. You know, I mean, he would just tell you. He would just preach, and it would just make sense, and it was simple. You know, it was it wasn't like uh, necessarily trying to find out what day and hour the Antichrist would be born, and and certainly stuff like that is interesting. I'm not criticizing it, but but I'm telling you, what good does it to know when the Antichrist is going to be born if you're going to go to hell? We've got to. Enshrine or enthrone God on the throne of our life. And nobody, Karl Marx, can dethrone him. Brother Fuller had texted me this uh, quote by Karl Marx. It sounded like maybe at the end of his life he was having some second thoughts. You know, uh, that's very good. Is this Brother Johnson texted me this? To believe. That evolution must be how things happened is intuition. Intuition is not science. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, I, I don't want to get too far. I don't have much time here to get off into that, the concept of creation versus evolution. But ever since the development of powerful microscopes, a lot of scientists have had a lot of second thoughts about their evolutionary ideas. When they realized how complex DNA is, it threw people for a loop. In fact, the intelligent design movement started when they started having powerful telescopes, or microscopes, excuse me. Because the intelligent design movement is not the Genesis belief in the Bible. So I don't back it necessarily, but the intelligent design movement is simply saying nothing this complex could have got there here by accident. There had to be an intelligent designer. And of course, we know that he's the God of the Bible. <clears throat> but I want to just say this. Karl Marx or any modern kook, sports hero, entertainment person, politician, Harvard professor, you can't dethrone God. You can, you can try to, but he's on the throne. The only one that could ever dethrone God was himself. And that's what Isaiah 52.10 says. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nation, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. That word, the salvation, is translated in Hebrew, Yahshua. We, we say Jesus. So the Lord hath made bare his holy arm. This Lord, this Spirit, God is a spirit. The Father is a spirit. Holy Spirit and the Father are the same. And this Father, this Spirit, made bare his holy arm. He came to this earth as a man, and he became vulnerable so that the whole earth could see that Jesus, the salvation, of our God. That's what Philippians 2 6 says Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself, even and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The great God of heaven pulled aside his royal robes and came to this earth in the form of a man. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He laid aside his glory for us. And now, we have to take him off that cross and put him on the throne of our life. Too many people leave Jesus. They leave Jesus on the cross and they keep themselves on the throne. But I'm telling you today that you need to take Jesus off the cross and put him on your throne. That's what that's what you need to do. Well, let's see. We're running a little out of time. I want to do some singing. Is that all right? Kind of kind of done. I mean, I'm kind of done. I I got a lot of texts here that I I really didn't answer and talk to, but but um, but I want to just maybe sing a song or two. And we need to enthrone God in our life. Let's see, how do I sit here and get this guitar just right? You you wouldn't believe this little studio. Well, it's not a little studio; it's a regular radio station studio. But I got to sit here and try to figure out how to hold a guitar on my lap. Well, my grandson can sing this song a lot better. And he can play the song a lot better. But I'm better looking, so there. (laughs) Not really. I like this song. It kind of reminds me of me when I was younger. When I went to college, they said, boy, get this straight. You're just a tailless monkey. You're a hairless ape. We're on an evolution stairway going who knows where? Trust in higher education to get us all there. Ain't no values, no morals, no rights and no wrongs. Never knowing where we're going. Well, it's hard to go wrong, don't give me that. <laughs> I want the truth. Don't say for fact when it's only point of view, don't give me that. I've had enough. We best get back to what was written in the book of God. Came to my senses at the foot of the cross I saw the wisdom that comes from the f- fear of God It's pure, it loves peace Mercy and fruit has the power to save me The power of the truth Like a satin of silver in an apple of gold Is a word fitly spoken? Is the truth clearly told? Now give me that Cause that's a truth It's bigger than fact It's broader than your point of view Now give me that Can't get enough Best get back to what was written in the book of God Higher, higher education in the book of God Higher, higher education in the book of God It's time to get your life straightened out by His Word Walk the straight and narrow Practice what you've heard. Don't pay attention to this crazy world. Keep your soul on fire and the flag unfurled. Life is too short for wasting in sin. Give your life to Jesus and be born again. Now give me that, because that's the truth. It's bigger than fact. It's broader than your point of view. Now give me that. Can't get enough. When we get back to what was written in the book, of God. Mm -hmm. Higher, higher education in the book of God. Higher, higher education in the book of God. Now give me that. (laughs) Oh, bringing my guitar in the studio can be dangerous. Pastor Bob, Pastor of the New Life, Pentecostal Church, Dickinson, North Dakota. Wednesday night, 7.30 is our next service. And Sunday mornings at 10, we have Sunday school for the kids, adult Bible classes for the adults. And during that 10 o'clock time, (coughs) I teach a basic Bible course. It's a basic Bible course, a kind of a discipleship course. It's 21 lessons, doesn't cost you a penny. That class is right at the entrance to the church. So you show up at 10. You don't have to say hello to anybody if you don't want to. You can be grumpy. You can just come on in, sit down, and listen. And it is open discussion, so you can ask questions too. And then at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings is our worship service. And so we'd love to have you come and experience what Pentecostal really means. Uh, We've got churches in Beulah. Uh, They have... Sure, we have churches in Bowman, a church in Bowman. In fact, the pastor's listening to me tonight, they have service there. It's right on Main Street. Thursday night, seven thirty. Sunday morning's nine thirty. We've got a church in Beach. Only right now, Tuesday, they're having service at seven thirty. I don't know, is anybody from Beach listening tonight? I don't think I don't think my Beach people are listening tonight. Well, they they probably get tired of hearing me. Anyway, you come and see us. Come and be with us. And you can uh Call us. The church phone number is 701-264-7862. You could, if you want to, you can write us the old-fashioned way. New Life Pentecostal Church, uh, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota, 58601. You can do it that way. And uh, and you can email me, Simons 58 at gmail.com. And so tonight, I'm telling you, we've got to make sure that we put the God of the Bible, the God of heaven on the throne of our life. Because that's what he wants, and that's what he deserves. And you can trust him. He's a God of love. He, he, you know, this, It's not a dangerous thing to put this God on our throne because he's not going to hurt you. He'll only help you. He's got your best interest in mind. He really does. And so um, tonight I want to end with kind of a scary song that I sing occasionally. It's a song about Judas Iscariot. Judas was a disciple of Jesus, but he never believed it. And Jesus reached out to him to the very end. He washed his feet. He called him friend. Judas had all all of the opportunity any of the other disciples had. But he turned his back on Jesus, sold Jesus for a few pieces of silver. And after he realized what he did, he went out and hung himself. Never cried out for mercy. Never cried out for forgiveness. If you don't put God on the throne of your life, you're going to be like Judas. Hello, Judas, you poor old fool. I guess you didn't understand. Never did know what the teacher was doing all across the land. Yeah, so hung up on your own desires That you never took time to see All in the world that he was a-doing Was trying to set you free So you ratted old Judas and you took your silver And you thought you were doing great But when you got sorry, you turned in your money And you found that it was too late Well, you never understood the wherefores and you never understood the whys. Go long, Judas, down the my way, highway, down to your own demise. I said, Go long, Judas, down the my way, highway, down to your own demise. Go long, Judas, you're a man on your own. Go long, Judas, you can die all alone Go long, Judas, cause you never did understand What the teacher was doing in the land Go long, Judas, you're a man on your own Go long, Judas, you can die all alone Go long, Judas, move your feet Right on down that ego street I said to go down to your potter's field Go, Judas Go, Judas I watch you die Judas But oh my friend Won't you stop right here There's a fork in your road Don't think you wanna get lost One way leads to a potter's field The other way leads To a cross Stop right here, there's a fork in your road Don't think you want to get lost One way leads to a potter's field The other way leads to a cross I said stop right here, there's a fork in your road Listen to me tonight Don't think you want to get lost One way leads to a potter's field. The other way leads. The other way leads. The other way leads to a cross. And Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast, God, I pray that tonight people that are out there with this world on their throne or themselves on their throne, that they'll see, God, that they need to put you on their throne. They need to put their, their trust in you. They need to do your will. Find your will. God, I just pray tonight that you'll help them. In Jesus' name. Pastor Bob here, signing off tonight, next week at 8.06 Mountain Time. I'll be back, Lord willing, for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Thank you so much for listening. I'll read these texts. When the program's over, God bless you.
4: George Washington. Good night. Thomas Jefferson. Samuel Adams. First Chief Justice John Jay. Names synonymous with the spirit of our country. Founding fathers of the USA. Over 200 years ago, they shook off the chains of tyranny from Great Britain by divine call. Citing 27 biblical violations, they wrote the Declaration of Independence with liberty and justice for all. Well, something happened since Jefferson called the Bible the cornerstone for American liberty, then put it in our schools as a light. Or since give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said, our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We eliminated God from the equation of American life, thus eliminating the reason this nation first began. From beyond the grave, I hear the voices of our founding fathers plead, you need God in America again. Of the 55 men who formed the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. Founding fathers like Noah Webster, who wrote the First Dictionary, could literally quote the Bible, chapter, and verse. James Madison said, we've staked our future and our ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all our heart. These men believed you couldn't even call yourself an American if you subvert the Word of God. In his farewell address, Washington said, you can't have national morality apart from religious principle, and it's true. Because right now we have nearly 150,000 kids carrying guns to these war zones we call public schools. In the 40s and 50s, student problems were chewing gum and talking. In the 90s, rape and murder are the trend. The only way this nation can even hope to last this decade is put God in America again.
5: The only hope For America is Jesus The only hope for our country is Him If we repent of our ways Stand firm and say We need God in America again
4: Abe Lincoln said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. So when you eliminate the word of God from the classroom and politics, you eliminate the nation that word protects. America is now number one in teen pregnancy and violent crime. Number one in illiteracy, drug use and divorce. Every day a new holocaust of 5,000 unborn die, while pornography floods our streets like open sewers. America's dead and dying hand is on the threshold of the church, while the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah vex us all. When it gets to the point where
5: people would rather come out of the closet than clean it, it's the sign that judgment of God is going to fall. If there's ever been a time to rise up, church, it's now. And as the blood-bought saints of the living God proclaim, that it's time to sound the alarm from the church house to the White House and say, we want God in America again. Under God is our demand. And send this evil lifestyle back to Satan where it came from. And let the word of God revive our dying land. For Jesus Christ is coming back again in all his glory. And every eye shall see him on that day. That's why a new anointing of God's power is coming on us to boldly tell the world you must be saved because astrology won't save you. Your horoscope won't save you. The Bible says these things are all a farce. If you're born again, you don't need to look to the stars for your answers because you can look to the very one who made those stars. History tells us time and time again to live like there's no God makes you a fool. If you want to see kids live right, stop handing out condoms. Let's start handing out the word of God in schools. The only hope for America is Jesus. The only hope for our country is Him. If we repent of our ways, stand firm and say we need God in America again.